everyone, and welcome to another episode of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. As always, this podcast is made possible by our local convenience stores, the misappropriation of history, and you. And now to your hosts, Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shellnut. What's up? What's happening, world? This is a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. Look at my boy, Drew Shelnut. That's me. And my boy, Grant Bramlett. That's also me. <laughs> and uh, we're attempting uh, the second attempt at this live second stream yeah, yeah. for this episode. Um, we do it on Mondays around 7.30 normally, but yeah. it's now 9.30. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, for a future reference, 7.30 p.m. every Monday, we'll probably be recording an episode. Yeah. Live streaming it to Facebook, Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. That's right. Uh, yeah, you can tune in things. if you want to see us do this thing live. Or you can wait till Friday and get the new episode then. Either way, um, you know, season three is kicking off. Season three, episode one, Uh History of Psychology is finally here. You know what I'm saying? We're finally doing it. Hey, I said two months. It's two months. (laughs) Yeah, it was two months. It's it's been a minute, but we're here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, by the way, if anybody's curious, I said... No more than two months. <laughs> Max, two months. two months. It shouldn't be two months. There's no way. It There's take no way. this long to set all this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it about took us two months today to figure this out. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I haven't really ever felt older than being like, what's a Twitch? Or yeah. Periscope? Oh, that's the Twitter thing. People still use Twitter? Do people use Twitter? You know? <laughs> Boy, it's just woof. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's been a journey today, um, just getting all this put together. Um, Shouts out to Restream.io for helping us out with the platform so we can like multi-stream everywhere with this video thing. But due to the... Give us money money now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking to (laughs) Restream.io. Due to the, uh, the visual medium we're in now, we uh, it's kind of a little more sketchy to uh, do music yeah. samples. Yeah, uh, they're weird about that. With the vid- with video for some reason. But um, people don't want us stealing something that they own. <laughs> so weird. You might just get a whole full album of organic androids uh, for live video. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it might happen. Because yeah. we own and uh, perform those songs. <laughs> right. But um, the song today I chose today is a, a song called Kobe with the Fro by Carl Scrubby. Scrubby. Yeah, Carl Scrubby, um, I think is dope. Um, check it out. I guess that's all I can say. No, I yeah, put yeah. it in the comments. Uh, I think it's coming to, coming through on all uh, things. If you're watching right. live right now, just let me know if y'all see Carl Scrubby, Kobe with the fro. Uh, Shouts out McThrill listening. Jay Kirby, what's up, What's boy? up, Kirby? Kirby in the uh, building. Been a Roll long tie. time, man. Uh, G-, G Higgs, our uh, on-set producer. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you, you. on-set producer. <laughs> But um, but yeah, man. Today, um, season three is kicking off. Um, history, psychology. Uh, Grant tackled the shit out of this book. Yeah. Um, Drew also edited out his his parts and all that good That's stuff. Right. And yep, yep. I'm just gonna um, you know, listen in like y'all and uh, <laughs> crack some jokes here and there. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go again. Yeah. Another season. 
another series of topically related episodes that thematically work in a particular order that we predetermined. <laughs> another several hours of us jabbering on about large, complicated, in-depth topics that we skim over at best and talk about in a funny way at best. <laughs> another time around the block, another jog around the corner. Seriously, nobody's gonna stop me. I mean, I'm, I, was I mean, actually I guess like, I what the fuck are you, you guys about? are flail about like a fool. As long as I want freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, what were we actually talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to start uh, pretty much where we stopped last season, actually, uh, in Egypt. Oh, right, right. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. yeah. they uh, go back and listen to season two, Friends, Facts, and Fiction, with a most unusual man. Uh, these couple of episodes are coming in large part from the excellent book, The Story of Psychology by Morton Hunt. If you want to read a really long and really fucking dense book, it's good, by the way. It is good. Um, I check, I'd say check that guy yeah, out. Is it, is it up here? I don't know. Somewhere around here. It's probably in my bag, all tattered up yeah. because I've been <laughs> carting it around all day, every day. Word. But this unusual man is uh, Sam Took. The first, the king of Egypt in the late Persian era. So post-New Kingdom, pre-Ptolemaic era, if you guys were with us last season. Uh, he drove out the Assyrians, revived art and architecture, brought prosperity to the land, and conducted history's first recorded experiment in psychology. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Egyptians thought that they were the oldest race on Earth, and Homie wanted to prove it. He constructed a hypothesis, like any good scientist would, that went a little something like this. If children had no opportunity to learn a language from older people around them, they would spontaneously speak the primal, inborn language of humankind. Mm. The mm. natural language of its most ancient people, Egyptian. Mm. That's their thought. Got you. To test it, he commandeered, or uh, as I like to think, kidnapped... <laughs> Two infants of a lower class mother, or you know, common trash plebeian, and so turn them and kidnap some kids. <laughs> it literally kidnap some right. kids. Yeah. Hey, I got this thing I'm thinking about. So yeah. look, I'm gonna need two of your kids though, real quick. <laughs> just, just for me to figure some shit out, real quick. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I mean, she was just a low class. You know, she's down there, and you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. she could have done. I guess <laughs> different times, yeah, uh, a completely different times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Turn these children over to a herdsman to raise in a secluded area or, you know, sent to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good shit. Uh, these kids were to be kept in a sequestered cottage, uh, properly fed and cared for at least, but were to never hear anyone speak a word. Huh. The Greek writer uh, Hephaestus said it worked. Dun, dun, dun. One day when the lead little ones were two, they scuttled up to the herdsman when he got home and cried out, Bikos, which apparently meant nothing to the guy. So he did what any good adult does and ignore the hell out of him. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Motherfucker's just talking crazy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. But those little bastards kept on fucking talking, you know, as, yeah. as kids do. <laughs> <laughs> so the annoyed yeah. shepherd sent word to Sam Took, uh, who at once ordered the children be brought to him. When he, too, heard them say, Bikos, uh, he made some inquiries and learned that that is the Phrygian word for bread. Huh. Thus, he concluded that, disappointingly, the Phrygians were an older race than the Egyptians. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so he kidnapped some kids <laughs> to learn something that was pretty obvious. No. Uh, well, that I mean, picking up on that? he tested a hypothesis, a hypothesis that yeah. mm-hmm. is wrong. Yeah. Like, it's based on the fact that we just inherently know language, yeah. right? Oh, gotcha. Which yeah. we do not. Like an alligator yeah. or something, you know, you're born knowing. I mean, we, we, yeah, so we know that that's an uh, invalid assumption. And what he concluded was that Egyptian is not the oldest language in existence. It's, in fact, Phrygian because mm. a nonsensical word that these nonverbal two-year-olds came up with was a word that they thought was bred. Mm. Mm. Within the Phrygian language, mm. right? Breakdown. Breakdown. Pico, like Pico stinks too. That's a place in place in Tuscaloosa <laughs> makes chicken stuff. Man, that place is smellier than hell. Pico's nasty ass. But he had a highly original notion that thoughts arise in the mind through internal processes that can be investigated. This is important because most people at the time, and for a long, long time after, and unfortunately still today, sometimes thought and think that our internal voice or often voices, come from spirits or gods. Uh, There's proof of it in writings by the Mesopotamians, uh, in the Iliad by the Greeks, the Persians, the ancient Hebrews, and many, many more. But in different parts of the planet, Buddha attributed human thoughts to our sensation and perceptions, which he said gradually and automatically combined into ideas, which is a lot more closer to the truth. And in China, Confucius stressed the power of thought and decided that lay within each person, right? So from him, a man can command his principles. Principles do not master the man. Or learning undigested by thought is labor lost. Thought unassisted by learning is perilous. I like that old Confucius. (laughs) He's a smart boy. (laughs) But what we are going to focus on, which may seem obvious to a few of you, is when those stupid-ass Greeks finally got their shit together Uh by thinking of thought (laughs) in a new way. The concept of know thyself, made famous by Thales. Uh, Historian George Sarton estimated in the Hellenic era, human knowledge increased by 40-fold in less than three centuries. Hmm. So once they began thinking of thought as not something that's uh, given to you by God or mm-hmm. by spirits inhabiting your body. Once they abolished that notion, knowledge about knowledge, if you will, mm-hmm. increased real fast. Of you course, know what I mean? Of course. Um, open up the floodgates. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I dig it. So uh, one of the major contributions to this was the new, a new school of thought at the time, philosophy. Look at that. Oh. Yeah. Created by a small number of reflective upper-class men who are driven by a passion to understand the world and themselves in it. Conceived and tried to answer some of the biggies, some of them big questions. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, something like, is there only one substance? Or is mind something different from matter? Or is it mind over matter? Who knows? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Do we have souls? Do they exist after the body dies? <laughs> How are mind and body connected? Is mind part of the soul? And if so, can it exist apart from the body? Huh. Is human nature the product of inborn tendencies or of experiences and upbringing? How do we know what we know? Are our ideas built into our minds or do we develop them from our perceptions and experiences? How does perception work? Are our impressions of the world around us true representations of what is out there? How can we know this? 
Which is the right road to true knowledge, pure reasoning, or data gathered by observation? What are the causes of invalid thinking? Does the mind rule the emotions, or vice versa? Lots of fun questions. Yeah, Lots of fun, fun questions I've thought about many, could, many times. That could go either way, depending on how the fuck you feel that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, straight up, bro. Like... Yeah. And I mean, it's nuts to think about because this was like 2,500 plus years ago. Uh-huh. Right? And yeah, we yeah. still ask ourselves these things today. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like really often. And most of them haven't been answered. Right. But we could argue that a lot of them may not be answerable. Yeah. Yeah. Not Facts. for nothing. It's fun to try. Right. <laughs> 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 well, these dudes thought so, too. And we're going to cover three of the big names that most of us recognize and probably figure out why we know these guys while we're at it. Also, it's important to remember that they are philosophers, mainly because psychology didn't exist yet. But there is a difference. So philosophy can be defined as the field of study that deals with the nature of life and life hereafter. A philosopher explores the various possibilities of establishing the truth about the origin of the universe and the nature of the soul. Whereas psychology can be defined as the field of study that explores human behavior and mental processes. Thus, it deals with the mind and its transformations. A psychologist attempts to understand the functions of the mind in social behavior. It also explores the neurobiological processes that guide mental behaviors. Psychology helps the establishment of various philosophical truths by the way of logical conclusions. It involves logical acumen. However, it has to be mentioned that psychology has its roots in philosophy as well. Hmm. It has to. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like a a massive uh, nutshell of of everything I just said is kind of helps with my own mental image of it, right? The philosopher is is homie on the the, the toilet seat. Thinking thinking man. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I mean? Just being like, what is life? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is life? Mm -hmm. And a psychologist is like, okay, well, let's scan the brain and try and figure Mm -hmm. out like what aspects of what happens when we implement this Mm -hmm. in this situation. For sure. Right. Or let's try and figure some of these questions out with scientific experimentation. Mm -hmm. A, A deep thinker and then a deep doer. Uh-uh. Hey, that's pretty good. That's good. That's good. Okay, All right. okay cool. <laughs> deep doer. So uh, philosophy, <laughs> deep thinker. Psychology, deep doer. This <laughs> <laughs> is a deep doer, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Getting mm. them deep doos. You can, uh, you can take that one. You put that in the back pocket. Keep it with that's you. That's great. Deep Damn. doer. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which is going to bring us to... These uh, philosophers. Yeah, one of our big thinkers. Big thinkers. We got these three guys that I'm going to discuss a bit about. So uh, the first one's going to be Socrates. Or Socrates. Socrates. Depending on what's your, you know, Mm -hmm. movie preference. I legit think it's a coyote coyote situation. Yeah, Socrates. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Sure, but nobody says potato. Nobody says potato. Adidas, Adidas. Now that one, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Some Uh people do say Adidas. Uh Yeah. But I think they're wrong. <laughs> People say that? Adidas? Oh, yeah, bro. Oh. Yeah, it's weird, man. I don't know. Yeah. How about, about new? No. How about Scotty Don't? <laughs> anyway, essentially Socrates was the leading philosopher of his time in that he contradicted what everyone else thought before him. Mm-hmm. Um, he never wrote anything, like, at all down. 
of his own thinking. Right. Um, all of his ideas were recorded by his two pupils, um, Plato and Xenophon, the majority of which came from Plato's dialogues. Uh, that being said, a lot of what he said is more or less Plato's own thoughts put into Socrates' mouth for, eh, we'll say like a little dramatic effect, if you will. Sure. Um, I also like to think about him just, uh, you know, like robe. And we'll just say, I don't know, bald fat man, just yeah. because I just always think about that. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a philosopher, you know. <laughs> and he's got like two dudes behind him with like a, a stone tablet and yeah. chisels, you know. He's just like... <laughs> what is life? Like, what, what is life? What about that moment where he's like, no, 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 scratch that, scratch that. <laughs> Fuck, damn it. <laughs> Tablet breaks. It's got to start all the way back over. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, ain't no whiteout, my guy. Yeah, those tablets back then were nothing like what we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like these tablets are in front of us, my guy, right? <laughs> uh, but he lived during Athens' era of greatness. Uh, essentially when art and philosophy just kind of popped off for the, like the biggest push that it had ever had before. Um, his dad was a sculptor. His mom was a midwife, but he was fascinated with philosophy from a very young age. Um, sophists like, uh, Protagoras and Zeno of Alay fueled his early obsession, but unlike them, he did things just a little different. Mm-hmm. His teachings were free. Uh Oh, you know? Kind of weird. Free school, man. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Think about yeah. that. He, uh, you can't uh, teach the masses. No. Then you can't control them no more. No. Mm-hmm. Teachings scary. were free, though, compared to all those before. But he preferred the luxury of thought and discourse to so-called comforts money could buy. Mm-hmm. Dude even wore one shabby road all year and was barefoot. Like, okay, so my mental image works. Yeah. yeah okay, great. 100%. Yeah, yeah, awesome. what, we're, I'm going to go into that a little bit more, too. But he even yelled at a marketplace one time. Because he was so humble and everything. You know, he, he yelled one time, How many things there are that I do not want? As walking by the marketplace. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, Basically, like, I see your grapes, I will have none of those. Yes. <laughs> I bite my thumb at you, sir. Stuff, stuff, too much stuff. <laughs> but he did, he did enjoy a good, wealthy company and often confessed uh, that he felt a flame within when he peered inside a youth's garment. Oh, a youth's so garment? A they, youth's garment. Oh, so a pedo- pedophilic minimalist. Uh, you know? You. I don't know. But a deep thinker. Though. <laughs> 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 Woo. But different to times. Get, though, to get back times. on the looks, though, his uh-huh. uh, his friend, uh, Alcide, uh, Alcibiades. Alcibiades. Yeah, sir. Sure. Alcibiades. Alcibiades. Anyway, told him he looked like a satyr. Because of his big punch, bald head, stubby ass nose, and big lips. <laughs> Hatred. Okay, now I'm getting a mental image of the uh, the non-gendered potato person <laughs> that exists nowadays. Oh, potato head? Yeah, yeah, potato head. Yeah. <laughs> potato head, bro. Oh, jeez. I'm fine with a non-gendered potato person. Yeah. It's a fine toy. Bro, who gives a fuck? Right. I don't know no. what I even tripped like that. Right. <laughs> Shit, well, seriously, it's a what's fucking the child's toy. Who cares? Get the fuck out of here, bro. It's a whole Dr. Seuss thing. It's like, bro, yeah. really? How, why is that important? It, just, it shouldn't be. Why the fuck is it important it at all about when there's so many other things to be worried about in this damn world? It'd be on page 20. Be like, they stopped shitty... publishing a couple of Dr. Seuss books. Mm-hmm. Anyways, in real news. You yeah, right. Well, 
Jay Kirby's cracking me up. What's he saying? He's first of all, he's saying, play this song we made in college, which is funny because it's on YouTube. Um, and as a friend, how can you be so condescending? <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, um, but yeah, um, I'd say, um, Fuck the potato head and Dr. Seuss. Let's get to some real issues in the planet. Anyway, segue over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he called him a satyr, but unlike a satyr, he was, however, kind of a a, a model of moderation and self-control. Yeah, yeah. He was seldom drunk, or he seldom drank wine, and when he did, he was never drunk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of had a high tolerance. That's actually a huge deal because, I mean, that was like often the only clean thing to drink. Yeah. Was wine, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and he was even yeah. I mean, he even stayed chaste even when in love. So, mm. dude was so he had some not getting it in some pissed off lovers then. Yeah, he, like. oh yeah. Well, even <laughs> his his best buddy Alcibiades or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah that guy we'll call him Alci. Mm-hmm. Alci. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, he like slipped it. into Socrates' bed one one night to seduce him Uh-oh. and was astonished to be treated as if by a father. He said, "I thought I had been disgraced." according to Plato's symposium, and yet I admired the way this man was made and his temperance and courage. For turning down that booty. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what, a, what a time. Yeah, right? <laughs> See, oh, so I was, was going to try to rape this dude, but then, I, then he was cool as hell, so. Well, I walked in, he looked, that little pot belly, I just wanted to rub it. <laughs> what the fuck? Kind and of he wasn't like, afraid. That's fucking He had wild, so much bro. courage. <laughs> That's crazy. He had so much courage to say no. (laughs) So, contrary to his big paunch, Socrates actually kept himself in quite good shape. Mm -hmm. Um, He fought in the uh, Peloponnesian War, and his ability to withstand cold and hunger amazed the other soldiers. Essentially, he Mm -hmm. could just, the cold didn't phase him, and he didn't eat much. Uh Uh-oh, mind over matter. Right. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So... After that, years and years go by of him giving his knowledge to his pupils for free and everything. And then he was uh, tried and condemned for his teachings, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Athenian Democrats said corrupted the youth. But the yeah. oh, Kind of like college. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. corrupting the youth. Yeah, right, right. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Uh, the real problem, obviously, <laughs> was that he was contemptuous of their uh, democracy and named many of their political foes among his followers. So those are mostly the aristocrats that were the foes of the Democrats and that uh, of the democracy. Um, he were, he was hanging out with them, you know. He didn't he he didn't see if you'll say he didn't see color. He didn't you know he wasn't yeah. he wasn't you know about that um, except for um, the youths, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but he was fond of the youth. Sure, we could say. Uh, but apparently, he didn't do anything. No, he did. Yeah. Maybe been a eunuch. He just fancied it. <laughs> <laughs> so he he accepted the verdict that he was charged on and refused the uh, the opportunity for escape. Mm-hmm. Instead, preferring to die with dignity. Mm. So that's that's neat. Good for him. I mean, yeah. you know, taste their own, I guess. But you know, it was his style to claim <laughs> that he knew nothing, and was wiser than others only in knowing that he knew nothing. So that kind of goes yeah, into the, his the whole like I I know nothing, therefore I know everything type mm. of vibe like i'm yeah, all he was, i'm all wisdom because i know that i know nothing because yeah. there's so much to be known well i mean he calls himself the <laughs> midwife of thought 
Mm. You know, one who merely helped others give birth to their ideas. Right, right. Oh. So he is kind of what that I do, bro. You know, you know, know what I'm saying? I connect people. Mm -hmm. bro. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, was a pose. <laughs> In reality, he had a number of firmly held opinions about certain philosoph uh, like philosophic matters. Yeah. But unlike his uh, contemporaries, he was uninterested in cosmology, physics, or perception. As he says in Plato's Apology, I have nothing to do with physical speculations. His concern, rather, was with ethics. His goal was to help others lead the virtuous life, which he said comes about through knowledge, so no man sins wittingly. Hmm. Kind, of, kind of interesting. Um, he asked his students questions that seemingly led them step by step to discover the truth for themselves instead of telling them outright. Uh, this technique is known as uh, dialectic. dialectic. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it was first used by Zeno, where he probably learned it. Right. He obviously learned it from him. Uh, but it was Socrates who developed it and popularized it. In doing so, he set in stone a theory of knowledge that would be the major um, alternative perception-based theory that everyone looked at from then on. Um, according to that theory, knowledge is recollection. We learn not from experience, but from reasoning, which leads us to discover knowledge that exists within us. To educate comes from the Latin meaning to lead out. Mm. Yeah, pretty neat. It's, which is H1 kind of interesting because, you know, that's not really true, mm -mm. but we still use the word yeah. educate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's kind of nuts. Yeah, because to lead out would be to you know draw someone away from. Well, that to lead or, out like, or to like to pull give. the information out of you right. that you apparently inherently yeah have. because you already have it. You're yeah. bored yeah, yeah, yeah. with it and yeah, yeah. you're just pulling it from you, mm -hmm. which is not the case. You're actually right. absorbing it. Right? Well, and you know? sometimes Socrates even asks for definitions that like then he leads his partners into contradictions. Like he asks them the question and then kind of contradicts it in action to see if it will lead them out kind of a situation mm. um, until the definition is reshaped in their mind. Got you. It's kind of uh, interesting as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes he asks for or offers examples where his partner finally makes a generalization as well. Uh, sometimes he leads them step by step to a conclusion that contradicts one he has previously stated or to a conclusion he had not known was implicit in his beliefs. Hmm. Um, Socrates <laughs> cites geometry <laughs> as the model for, of his process. Uh, one starts with self-evident ev axioms and by hypothesis and deduction discovers other truths and what they already knew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Getting deep out here. Yeah. 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 So in the Mino dialogue, <laughs> he questions a slave boy about uh, geometrical problems, and the boy's answers supposedly show that he must have already known the answers to which Socrates led him. He answers unaware uh, until he recalled them through the dialectic reasoning. Mm. So... He was just kind of mind-fucking people into answers, yeah, kind yeah. of a sort of like... He's a master manipulator. Big time. Kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like, yeah. yeah. Straight up. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> but for sure. So I'm going to murder this name, too. Um, until Anton van Leeuwenhoek, 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 1632 like to 1723 CE, uh, first saw red... Her puzzles. 
and bacteria under his lens. <laughs> uh, no Socratic teacher could have led his pupils or himself to remember the things that uh, those the things that existed in those teachings mm -hmm. until astronomers saw evidence of the redshift in distant galaxies. Um, no philosopher could, through logical searching, have discovered that he already knew the universe had been expanding at a measurable rate. Mm. Which is that's pretty, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty it's profound. Just, yeah, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Socrates' teachings did greatly affect the development of psychology, though. Um, his view that knowledge exists within us um, and needs only to be recovered through correct reasoning became the part of um, the psychological theories of guys as diverse as, like, you know, Plato, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Kant, you know. Sure. Um, <clears throat> the notion that we have lived uh, before is uh, related to Socrates' other major impact on um, psychology. He, ha um, he said the existence of innate knowledge revealed by the dialectic method of instruction proves that we possess an immortal soul, an entity that can exist apart from the brain and body. Within this... The vague mythical notions of the soul had long existed in Greek and related cultures, assumed a, a new, kind of assumed a new significance at, at that point. Yeah. Um, soul is mind, but is separate from body. Mind does not cease uh, to be at death, essentially. Basically saying your, your energy transcends yeah. into something You else. don't die. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah. I mean, and he was, he was that first guy that kind of... Um, what is it when you die and are reborn in someone else's body? Reincarnation. Reincarnation. That yeah, was yeah. A, that was a in right. that era in that like um, area of the world at least because we know in Asia a lot of that was going on as well at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'd want to be a Velociraptor. I think. Yeah, you know that's cool. That's cool. Really little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are super small. They're the size of chickens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyway, it'd be the hardest chicken I ever saw. That's what I'm saying. Bro. <laughs> I'm here with it, bro. Uh, some hot chicken. Anyway, so all that being said, this would build, this would build the Platonic and later uh, Christoian uh, dualism, dualism. Right. Uh, the division of the world into mind and matter, reality and appearance, ideas and subjects, reason and sense perception. All these, although these distinctions may seem philosophic and religious. They would drive humankind's search for self-understanding self-understanding for centuries after that. Mm. So that's going to end us up on Socrates. Oh, that's the end of so so Socrates? Socrates. Mm -hmm. Socrates. So, so now I'm going to go to the idealist. The idealist Plato? Plato. Is that a... Yeah. Yeah? yeah? We there? Yeah, yeah. We're there. Is this is the end of the episode? Is time yeah, up? I'll say so. Time wow. is up. That is well, it for the week. At the end of uh, Socrates, we'll pick up at Plato next week mm -hmm. in the history of psychology. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Again, uh, our Twitch is friends underscore facts underscore fiction. Um, our Periscope, I think, is just friends facts fiction. Um, and... The Facebook is just our regular name on Facebook. Check us out. Um, follow us. Like I say, we'll be, be doing this like 7.30 p.m. every Monday. Um, and we'll have a new episode. Probably this episode will drop Friday. Um, and this will be an every week thing. And also, you know, don't forget to, um, you know, support us at anchor.fm backslash friends, facts, and fiction to keep us out here uh, getting it in. Uh, doing this work, this research, and all that good stuff. Um, shouts out to Jerry Mulder, our sound engineer. 
Shouts out to uh, Grace Higgs, uh, our own Sarah producer, and also host of an upcoming podcast uh, under uh, Friends Facts and Fiction Network, I guess. Or, or, or we'll, Umbrella, we'll if you will. We'll Maybe. figure out the name. Work in progress? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a live update to these two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, we're working hard on trying to get some um, some new things on the platform and try to create a little network, man, so... Um, Reach out to us uh, with any ideas or any input. Uh, don't hesitate to email us. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, like I say, um, always tune in. Always stay informed. I'm Justin Hammonds. Love, love life because it's worth living, y'all. And I'm Drew Shonut. I'm saying better be kind somebody every now and then. Better be kind. <laughs> be, being kind is good, you know. Good, you're saying it now. That's you know, good. you got to be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, not probably not, might, not, not be, but I'm, be kind. <laughs> Stay informed and make a, make a damn difference. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Grant Bramlett here. And everybody out there, never liked you. I always loved you. Ah, that's, that's, that's nice. It's that's, that's nice every time. It's nice every time. Well, yeah, guys, y'all be good. Um, this has been a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. We are. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next installment. Find us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all things friends, facts, and fiction. Our Instagram handle is friends underscore facts underscore fiction. As always, please reach out to us. You can send any of your questions, praise, and fact checking to friends period facts period fiction at gmail.com. It's important to us to only propagate the truth will correct any errors we may have made. Your hosts and researchers are Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shelnut. Our episodes are produced by Grant Bramlett. Additional producership provided by Grace Higgs. Our recording engineer is Grant Bramlett. Our editor, mix, and mastering audio engineer is Jeremy Molder. Lighting design is provided by Justin Hammonds. Our office assistants are Gully and Bull. Our research assistants are under and paid. Our current interns are lost and questionable. Our personal drivers are idlist and tired. And our resident pooches are Pack and Jolene. The Devil Child. This has been a production of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. Fiction.